Good morning, everyone. <laughs> uh, it's so exciting to be up here. Um, so many thoughts running through uh, my mind. Uh, and welcome everybody online, too. I know uh, Jackie's online, so she's my daughter's baby. She's watching. And, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm very thankful for that. Uh, uh, my other children here are trying their best to back me up. And, uh, and uh, it's been incredible. Uh, I, mean, I think we can all reflect... Uh, over the last year, um, uh, what's been going on in our lives? You know, some have uh, had great success in this past year. Some have had loss. Uh, some have, have been frustrated. Uh, you know, it's incredible. Uh, I always try to look forward, um, but I, but I look back at the same time as we all do this time of year. Um, you know, this lesson that I, I'm going to bring was inspired by the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's going to cover chapter 8 of Romans, and I encourage you 100% to get your Bibles out, or else make a, no list, a note in the bulletin to read chapter 8 of Romans. Um, this is what um, has inspired me, and I would like to challenge you as a New Year's resolution to read Romans chapter 8 every day for 30 days. And I'm serious. <clears throat> It's in the bulletin, so if, if uh, you forget, you can read the bulletin. Uh, why, why would I say such a thing? Uh, you know, every one of us makes New Year's resolutions. Uh, most of us want to lose weight or, or look better or, you know, whatever it might be you want to do in the, the future. And, but the most important thing you can do is, is read God's Word. That's, it starts and ends right there. Romans chapter 8 has fired me up. Uh, and I've probably read Romans chapter 8 because I'm lucky enough, I don't preach but every three months, so I've probably read it uh, at least 50 times uh, because it's, it's been on my mind. And, and what, what happens uh, when, I, when I read Romans chapter 8, I get fired up. I get fired up because it's all about the Holy Spirit. It, it really is, and I want to share that with you. Um, and, you know, but just reflecting back, I want to just say one thing, you know... Uh, <clears throat> Diane's passing was tough, you know, she, 51 years, but she was my great example on perseverance in, in living by the spirit and not by the flesh. She was such an example of that. And uh, so I am so blessed to have been spent 51 great years with her. So I, I look back at that and, and, you know, it's just awesome. It is awesome, you know, and, because when you have someone in your life that inspires you, like Diane inspired me, and many of you, you know, you've got to live on. You've got you to carry a legacy on. And, uh, and we will do that. You know, we will do that, each one of us. So God is good. And all the time. Never forget that. You know, we, uh, we love that. Um, so the reason behind chapter 8 is read it every day for 30 days. Uh, day 1. Uh, you know what will happen? Uh, day one, it says, I'll, you, know, you read verse 28, and, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. <laughs> it's right in front of me. Day seven, you will be getting uh, your highlighter out. Day 14, you will be led by the Spirit in reading more than this Romans 8. Day 30, God will speak 
to you and it will never, like he never has before. Verse 34, what does verse 34 say? I'll read it. Verse 34, 34. Here we go. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. I don't, I don't, you got to say amen once in a while. You know, those, that scripture is just uh, like crazy, like crazy. That's what happens. And then you're going to read, uh, no one, Christ who died more than that, who was raised to life, and that's at the right hand of God, is interceding for us. And then at the end, you're going to finally say, verse 39, neither height nor death nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you. So let's read chapter 8. You know, let's read together chapter 8. Um, you know, it's going to be up on the screen, so you don't have to open your Bible if you don't have one. But I do encourage you to make some notes and get your highlighter out and, and uh, think about these scriptures. I'm going to read the whole chapter. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ, the law of the Spirit who gives... Life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering, and so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed on by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. How you, however, are not in the realm of flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus Christ from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his Spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. But it is not to... Uh, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. But if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of your body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you will live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his suffering in order that we may also share in his glory. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth compared with the glory that, we, that will be revealed to us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration. Not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected in hope that the creation itself will be liberated 
from the bondage in the cave and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in pains of childbirth right up to this present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who are the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to the sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But we hope for what we do not yet have. We wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray, but for the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless, wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. More than conquerors, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who died... He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against you? Those whom God has chosen, if, if it is God who justifies, who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to death, is at the right hand of God, also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, nakedness, or danger, or sword, as it is written? For your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be, be slaughtered. No! In these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life Neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor the pow any powers, neither height nor depth, or, nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Oh, wow. You see why you've got to read the whole chapter? <laughs> Number one, in your bulletins, you might see this, a righteous life has to be led by the Spirit. Uh, that's key point number one. We're going to read uh, Romans 8, 1 through 4 um, <clears throat> again. Therefore, there is, no, uh, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of a sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he, con he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh but according to the spirit. Um, truly, life is through the spirit. Uh, are you le being led by the spirit? I guess that would be my question today. I ask you to be honest with yourself. Are you being led with the spirit? Um, I see most people uh, being led by the cell phones. Um, you know, they're walking around like this all the time, and they r walk right into somebody driving across the lane. You know, I, I, it's crazy. But uh, I see uh, others uh, on electronic devices, laptops, TVs, the Internet. I see that, uh, you know, 
we're being led by our families, our job, ourselves, and other people. Um, uh, we need to be led by the Spirit. Uh, Romans 8.1 says, Therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Um, <clears throat> take that scripture in. Your heart. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Not guilty. No way. You are in Christ Jesus. You are saved. You have a spot in heaven reserved with your name on it. You are not guilty. Uh, the heart, that verse eight, verse 8 verse 1 is the heart of the gospel. Like I said, not guilty. Let him go free. Non, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Wow. You know, we've quoted that scripture many times, but take it in. Uh, Hebrews 12, 4 through 6. Therefore... <clears throat> There we go. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Or ha and have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? <clears throat> it says, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline, and do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. Wow. Have you forgotten how important you are to God? You know, have you forgotten that? Have you ever felt God's discipline? Yeah, yeah. Why would God discipline you? This is why. <laughs> God will chase after you. He will run you down. He will put people in your way. He will uh, make, make you stumble and bumble until you face up to the fact that you need him. He will. That's why God disciplines the ones he loves, and I'm so thankful for that. Um, God will do whatever it takes to draw you closer to him. Max Lucado says, draw close to him and he will draw close to you. Good, good quote from Max. It's right out of the Bible in James. And uh, a righteous life has to be led by the Spirit. 8.4 um, says... <clears throat> Eight four, here we go. In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit, um, God has a righteous requirement for you, and just for you personally. <laughs> I hate to tell you, you know, He has a requirement for me. He has a requirement for Nicholas. He has a requirement for the guy in the back row there. Even even Ashlyn way back there, sitting in the back row today. He has a requirement for you, um, just for you. That is one simple thing, live according to the Spirit. Think about that. That's his one requirement for you, live according to the Spirit. And if you do, this building won't be half empty. It won't, someday it's going to be really full. Because you're going to go out and you're going to do your ministry for the Lord. Because you're being led by the Spirit. See, when you're led by the Spirit, nothing can stop you. Nothing. You know, it's, 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 it's our own. We stop ourselves. We crowd the Spirit out. We put him, we squelch him. He goes down into the, our heels, and that's where he sits. Like we walk all over him and do our own thing. Be led by the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit. Um, that's the righteous requirement. Hebrews chapter 10, 8 through 17. 
For he said, Sacrifice and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not desire, nor were, were you pleased with them. Though they were offered in accordance with the law, then he said, Here I am. I have come to do your will. <clears throat> he, he sets aside the first to establish a second. And by that will we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his righteous duties. And again and again, he offers the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. And since that time, he wastes his enemies to be made his footstool. He stamps his enemies down for us. For by one sacrifice he made perfect forever those who are being made holy. That's you. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First he says, This is the covenant I will make with them after that time, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts, and I will write them on their minds. Then he will add, Their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. Wow. Uh, again, listen to the Spirit in, in what he's saying. Verse 15, verse 15. The Holy Spirit testifies for us. In verse 16, he does it again in verse 17. Next page. Number uh, key, Some key points, uh, being led by the Spirit, number two. The key point, being led by the Spirit, number two. Rome, and we're going to read chapter 8, 5 through 17. I'm jumping ahead, Angie. I hope I didn't mess you up. But Romans chapter 8, 5 through 17. Romans 8, here we go, 5 through 17. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you... And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will, will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his Spirit who lives in you. <clears throat> Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. But if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if the, by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you will live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit. That's a great scripture. The Spirit testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. <laughs> wow. Now if we, are God's, uh, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God's and co-heirs with Christ. And if, if indeed we share in his suffering, in order that we may also share in his glory. 
Yeah, I know I'm reading a lot of scripture, um, and uh, I want to cover it in a short time, but I want to key in a couple things. Paul was inspired by the Holy Spirit. You know, he gives 12 verses full of the Spirit. You think about the Apostle Paul, he was a little short guy. He was a little short guy, and he sort of talked with a raspy voice. And he was on fire for the Lord, and I'm not kidding you. You read every one of his writings, it's incredible. And uh, he gives you 12 key verses. Um, Number one, he's led by the Spirit, and he he knows the war. He knows the war between the mind and the Spirit. He knows the war about death versus life and peace. He knows about the flesh versus the Holy Spirit. 5 through 8 says, you have not the Spirit. 5 through 8. Read that with me. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Uh, If you don't have the Spirit, you don't really know Jesus. Simple as that. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you don't know Jesus. If you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you do have the Spirit in you. So don't take it wrong. Don't take it wrong. But for those who don't have the Spirit, you don't, and don't know Jesus, you you better um, start reading the Bible. That's all I can say. Uh, Paul says in verse 8, verse 8 again, those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Um, wow. Paul says that those who are led by flesh cannot please God. Galatians 6, 7, and 8. Ah, here we go. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. We cannot mock God. Boy. Well, whoever sows to please the flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Wow. Wow. Paul, again, he's talking about the flesh versus the Holy Spirit. Let's read in uh, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 2.14. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness, and cannot understand them because they are discerned only by the Spirit. Those scriptures are crying out to you. You know why? Because we all know someone who doesn't have the Spirit. We all know someone uh, that we love that keeps saying to themselves, those people, I don't know why they keep going to church. It's a joke, that Holy Spirit. It's a joke, that Bible. You know, I don't know why they keep doing it, but they're not telling you directly. They're mumbling under your breath. That's why that scripture is crying out to us. That, that we have a lost world. That we have a lost family sometimes. We have lost siblings. Whoever it may be who might be lost in your path, um, it's crying out to you to be led by the Spirit. If you're led by the Spirit, don't matter what they say. It doesn't matter. You're going to know the exact right thing to say to them. I'm telling you, that's the truth. God, the Spirit will give you exactly what you need to say at that moment. It might be nothing, but he'll give it to you if you're led by the Spirit. 
So that's why I say those verses are crying out to us, because we live in a lost world. And uh, we all know someone who needs it so bad. Uh, uh, that person who loves needs to hear you know, the truth in a special kind of way that only you can bring it to them by the power of the Holy Spirit. Number three, this is a good one. You have the Spirit, Romans 9 through 11. <coughs> Romans 8, 9 through 11. You, however, are not in the realm of flesh, but in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his Spirit who lives in you. <laughs> well, take a deep breath right now. <sighs> take a deep breath. It's incredible. <laughs> and feel the Holy Spirit that gives us life. You know, take a deep breath. Really breathe it in. It's the Holy Spirit, the breath of life. In verses 10 and 11. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death, because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his Spirit who lives in you. <clears throat> Notice that Paul uses if. If. Verse 10. What does it say? Verse 10. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. <clears throat> then if you... Oh, all right. Thank you. I'm on fire. Verse... <laughs> <laughs> that if... You are in Christ, you are saved. You are saved, no doubt. You know, that's what he's saying. If you are in Christ, there's no doubt you're saved. Right? He's not saying if, if you have the Spirit or if you read your Bible. You know, he's saying there's no doubt you're saved. The Spirit of life is life because of righteousness. You know, you stop and think about that. The Spirit is life because of righteousness. Um, when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God gave you the spirit of life, the Holy Spirit. And right away, you are God's child. Right away. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, right away, you are God's child. There's no doubt. You're saved. Because you took Jesus into your heart. You confessed your sins. You repented. And you, you were probably baptized. You came up out of the water, a new creation. And there's no doubt that you are God's child. So why the if? If today you aren't conscious of the presence of the Spirit of God in your life, and if you do not have a desire to serve God, then it would do you well to do what Paul suggests. Examine yourself. Examine yourself. Read 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5. <clears throat> Examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourself. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. Paul gives us a spiritual test. You know, he gives me spiritual tests all the time. You know, and I'll be honest, I've flunked a few. You know, I've flunked a few. But, you know, lately I've passed the test. 
I feel pretty good about that. I feel pretty good about that. You know, it's, it's, it's because of the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit gives you remembrance of things that you don't even remember. That's how the Holy Spirit works. It's just incredible. Are you drawing closer to Christ every day? Um, or are you failing to put Christ first in your life? Uh, read with me Galatians 2, 19 through 21. For through the law I died to the law so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God. I don't put him aside. For if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Christ died for nothing. Wow. You know, um, notice verse 20. Back up and read 20. There we go. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. <clears throat> wow. You know, Scripture just speaks, hauls out to us, screams at us, cries out to us, and we cry out, Abba, Father. <laughs> Abba, Father, I need you so bad. The Spirit is alive in you, I want you to know. Philippians 3, 7 through 11. <clears throat> but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Wow. I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ. You know, Paul is putting the hammer down. Verse 8 and 9. Back up. 8 and 9. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. You know, you can read that and reread that and be inspired. That's one of my favorite Paul scriptures. It's garbage. It's garbage. Everything's garbage except Jesus Christ. Amen? Yeah. Number four, the Spirit has you. Here we go. The Spirit has you. Uh, again, take a deep breath and read Romans twelve, seventeen. Twelve through 17, excuse me. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it's not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Amen, that's you. And I, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. <laughs> well, <clears throat> Again, Paul uses if four times. Why? Because Paul wants you so bad to be led by the spirit. 
we got no choice, brothers and sisters, <laughs> because the Spirit has you. <laughs> you got no choice, sorry. The Spirit has you. You got it. You got it. 12 and 13. <clears throat> Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it's not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live by, according to the flesh, you will die. But if you, by the Spirit, you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Well, and uh, it keeps going on and on. We are led by the Spirit. We will defeat sin every day, only by the power of the Holy Spirit. Read with me Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. <clears throat> For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's people, holy people, to grasp how wide, how long, how deep is his love of Christ. And to know that his love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Now, where am I? What is that power? <laughs> that is work within us. The power of the Holy Spirit in you. Read Romans 16, 8, 16, 17. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children, God's children. I love that one. Uh, now if we are Children, then we are heirs, heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ. And if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Notice how the Holy Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. When the Spirit has you, you have no choice but to, by, to be God's hands and feet. All right? When the Spirit has you, you've got no choice to be God's hands and feet. You know, you're just going to, you, you got to do it. Wherever you turn, God is. Well, he'll be leading you, changing you, constantly in you. Ephesians 3, Ephesians 1, 3 through 10. <clears throat> Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given to us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. Wow. <clears throat> Brethren, there is victory in Jesus Christ. Victory, it's only because the Spirit has you. <laughs> Together we can change everything. And you know, Christ is our Lord, number one. Christ is our Lord. Number two, Jesus will change you and your family. 
Number three, there is only victory in Christ Jesus. No other victory. No other victory. You know, you can accomplish all kinds of things, and I have. And there's no victory but Jesus Christ. He's the greatest victory I've ever had in my life. Amen. You know, don't, don't think that you've accomplished anything because you haven't without Jesus Christ. But with Jesus Christ, you can accomplish all things. You know, next week we're going <laughs> to cover, cover the other, other part of Romans chapter 8. And uh, we're going to go th- uh, 18 to the uh, end of the chapter. Uh, but remember, I challenge you to read Romans chapter 8 every day. And please do that. Please do that, because it'll change your life. Uh, you know, as I said earlier, you know, Diane passed away, and I, had th- I probably had 30 days of grief. And uh, it, you guys were so awesome. You know, church family, my family were awesome. People praying for me, coming up to me, hugging me all the time. And, uh, you know, the service we had for her was incredible. I still get letters. I still get money in her name that we give to the church in memory of her for education, the puppet ministry, so many things. Uh, you know, and, uh, but you know what changed it all for me? Romans chapter 8. I sat down. One morning, you know, I've been, I've been staying up late, getting up late, doing just the bare minimum. Angie will attest to that for 30 days. You know, I wasn't doing a very good job running the restaurant. I wasn't doing a very good job doing Bible study. I wasn't doing a very good job, in my esti- estimation, which I have high expectations because God has high expectations. But all of a sudden, one day I decided, I woke up at 5 and I flipped open Romans chapter 8 and read it all. And... Uh, <laughs> Came in, fired up. <laughs> I, I said it to the Bible study a few weeks ago, and it was so awesome. So uh, you, I know you got the spirit, in that, but if you don't have the spirit, now is the time. Now, I think everybody in here probably does. I don't know, but now is the time. So let's sing the song of invitation together. I speak Jesus.